there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. If you know how to help me, say so, instead of giving me foolish maunderings about what is dangerous. I know danger when I see it. Nynaeve, Chapter 52, Me. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin. Today, back, <laughs> we're in the final eight chapters of The Shadow Rising. It's but wild. first, it's wild. another Patreon shout out. Because Woo-hoo! Felix has upped his tier. Thank Felix. you, Felix. Thank you. Our studious student. Right? Like we're getting we're getting ple- like pledges, I guess. We're getting patron support from Felix and papers. I have a paper to read from Felix and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> so, chapter 52. I'm ready to go with this one if you are. Yeah, do we start there? Are we starting at 52 or 51? We have to do 51 first. Okay. Okay. We should, we should probably start there. Yeah. But I am ready to get started. Are you? I am. Awesome. So chapter 51, Revelations in Tanchico. Elaine and Nynaeve are entertaining their new gal pal, Aginan, when Doman Vale arrives and reveals that she is Shanchan. This does not go well. Other news brought by the smuggler is confirmed by Julian and Tom, Black Aja is in the Panarch's palace. Dun dun dun. Lots of dun 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 for these last chapters in particular. Well, it's, I mean, it's all coming to a conclusion, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we're all, we're getting right down to the nitty gritty. Oh, for sure. And this, like, this is where... I don't know if this is like a really good thing about Jordan's writing, but it's something that I really like is like these last chapters, I feel like just avalanche with activity. And I just, it was so hard to put this down and not keep going for our next four chapters because that's all we have left after this. So it's exciting. It's exciting. It is. It is. So I guess the big revelation this chapter is. The discovery of Ginan being Sean Chen. Yep. Like, she's come in for, what, seven visits or something like that with Elaine and Nynaeve? And, like, they're frustrated because they can't be out searching, but at least Ginan is kind of, like, a welcome diversion for them. Like, they're finding her as a friend. And when this revelation that she's Sean Chen happens, like, whew! Nynaeve is pissed. I mean, yes. Elaine is dealing with it much differently. Like, you know, the peacemaker, Elaine. Yes. But we also have this really, like, quick moment of Bail Doman and Aginan, like, having mm-hmm. a standoff. I loved that. So we have, okay. Tom's there, Bail Doman, and Julen, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of like, what are you doing here with this woman? And Nynaeve is just like, out with it, she knows everything, talk in front of her, it's fine. 
Yeah. Everyone is on very high alert, and Nynaeve is just like, throws caution to the wind. Like, well, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on this lady. She's not going anywhere. And typical Nynaeve fashion kind of just whips everyone in line. Like, my Mm -hmm. way or the highway, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You keep a taut crew. <laughs> I love that. I mean, Aginan is like complimenting them even while she's in like this really tight situation for her. Mm-hmm. And like the entire time this is happening, Elaine is like admiring Aginan for her calm and like just how she's taking the whole thing. And she's like, I don't want to like her, but I still find myself admiring the way she's handling the situation. And I don't know. I'm definitely paying more attention to Aginan this time around than I have probably ever reading the book before. Like, I don't know. I just have a different a different viewpoint of her. And this, like, interaction with Bale Dolman where she, like, lands a hit and he's got her on the ground and then Elaine wraps them and weaves of air. Like, oof. What a scene. Yeah. So the question in, I guess... The big question being what to do about Amathera. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if she is an ally, if she's someone that can be trusted, mm-hmm. or if she is a captive of the Black Aja, or if she is in fact a dark friend. Yep. So there's three possibilities here. Yeah. And the ladies are kind of like putting together this plan. And you know me, like I love, I love a good planning mm-hmm. montage. I mm-hmm. love that moment. Mm-hmm. I only wish that we would have gotten to kind of like hear a little bit about it. So, I mean, we get to see it, but yeah, I do, I do like how all of the when the three guys come in, they're like each one wants to be the one who like brought the definitive proof mm-hmm. that the black aja is there and like bill domin is the first one and then julian comes in and he's like bummed out because bill's gotten there first and he's like haha you didn't have proof and then tom comes in and he is like completely dismissive of the news that the other two men have they can't possibly have figured this out and it's just like these three men in the way that they want to be like so competitive with each other it's I don't know. Well, they're all kind of like, pick me. You know, I was the best boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I got the news first. I get, I'm teacher's pet. I want to be teacher's yeah. pet. Yeah. I just think it's a. Maybe they're unwittingly being compulsed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah, it's the whole, that whole question, like, do we rescue Amathera? If we do, how do we do it? How do we get into the palace in the first place? Like, there are all of these obstacles in their way and i mean that doesn't even include the fact that there are riots happening right like right mobs have been rising riots have been happening people are getting injured robbed killed like it is a complete mess in tanchica right now and so they have to somehow figure out what feels like a really difficult question to answer about amathera but then also navigate these dangerous cities you know or a city a dangerous city that's what i meant to say yeah yeah so they've been for the most part like 
sheltered off from all of this madness that's happening within the city. And now it's at the doorstep. Like, they're being Mm -hmm. kind of, like, shuffled out and into certain areas and, like, oh, like, (laughs) she's bringing them wine. Like, everything's fine. It's going to be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. everything is all good. Like, here's some wine. And they kind of, like, get to their planning, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They decide that the best thing to do with the Guinan is just to, like, keep her as a prisoner. <laughs> Tie and her so, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, like, bind her up in weaves of air, which no one can see, which is good. And, like, they go, like, they still don't really have their question answered. So, of course, like, it's bedtime. It's Teleronrio time. And, like. I mean, this isn't the first time that the thought of using the world of dreams has come into play for finding the answer to a question. So they get ready. Isn't it like, yeah, Nynaeve gets undressed. She gets in bed. Elaine is the one who's going to sit up and keep an eye on everyone. And there's that moment where Elaine is like, how can you be so calm? And Aginan's response is, I am so terrified I could weep. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's hard. Like, I understand Nynaeve's problem here. Mm-hmm. This is like, I don't know. Like, this is like finding out that someone that you've been hanging out with is, I'm trying to think of, like, the worst person ever. You know what I mean? Like, a part of a group. a Nazi? Yeah. Yeah. A white supremacist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Lord. Tara. You've been hanging out with this person who enslaves and tortures people. People. And you're just finding this out. So, like, I totally get oh, Nynaeve's yeah. pure, seething rage. Yeah. Because it's like, obviously, Iginan, she's a little bit different, you know? Like, she's mm-hmm. taken those steps to show that she's not exactly like everyone else but at this point it's still like guilt by association yeah yeah definitely and I mean even though they've had an opportunity to get to know Aginan they don't know Aginan you know what I mean like I would feel betrayed absolutely absolutely yeah and I definitely feel like Nynaeve does yeah, and Aginan does say that she had let someone go, like, upon realizing that yep. the Damane can channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Soldam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. The Soldam yeah. can channel. She kind of, like, has these mixed emotions, so she's letting some woman that she was tracking go and was yeah. like, I'm going to be in big trouble when they find out what yes. happens. Yeah. And... So, I mean, like, there, you know, there's that. Like, she's taking a step, but still, Mm -hmm. it doesn't absolve her Mm -hmm. of the crimes that she's complicit in. Yeah, I mean, when we first meet again, and she's bringing her Domine onto Bail Domin's decks. Like, it's not even just that, like, she was part of the organization that used them, she owned them. Like, she saved money and bought people to use. So it's it's almost even more of a, a level of evil mm-hmm. in, the, in the scheme of things. Like, 
the fact that she felt okay purchasing people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's a really good point to bring out, like, what her background is and why Nynaeve and Elaine would be so upset. Right. I mean, because it, if you look at this face value and you're not really in-depth thinking, like, what is the hostility? What is the rage? Mm-hmm. You could kind of just, like, blank out and be like, oh, like, they don't like this woman. She's bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. But... No, it's there's something more there. Yeah. And I think like I think in chapter fifty two, yeah, she has a bit of a moment where she's thinking about who Aginan is, what a Gwen went through being captured, and like just how trust and friendship have been such a rare thing that this betrayal feels like extra painful for her. It's yeah. Understandable understandable Mm -hmm. i don't really think i have anything else for chapter 51 we actually covered that far more quickly than i thought we would good job us yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it was mostly just like the reveal that's true yeah i mean we could probably get into like this next chapter is lengthy yes so i'm ready to jump in with our summary in chapter 52 let's go awesome Chapter 52, Need. It's Nynaeve's turn to meet Green in Teleronrion. With the wise ones present, Nynaeve asks for a way to discover whether or not the Panarch is a captive or supporter of the Black Aja. Need is the answer, and Nynaeve begins her blind hunt to discover the truth. Dun dun dun. Meeting in Teleronrion again. Yeah, again. And I love how, like, we have Nynaeve's fleeting thoughts reflected in her clothing again and how her dress is, like, rattling. (laughs) Yeah, that's the first note that I wrote was Nynaeve's conflicting feelings because Mm -hmm. she's just come out of this rage of learning about Iginan. Yeah. We are, she's, you know, she's gearing up for war, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. she's pissed, rightfully so. She's got to go deal with Amathera. Mm -hmm. She's meeting in Teleronriod where she's not very Mm -hmm. grounded in, Mm -hmm. as we see later. Yeah. So, yeah, she's, she's coming in with armor on, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think I think of Lady Amelisa in the yeah. Wheel of Time TV show where I'm Ooh. like, yes, more women wearing armor. Let's do that. It. Let's I love do it. it. I do think it's funny that it's a dress still. Like, are there dresses made of armor? Well, Should yeah. There I be? mean, like, I mean, like, I'm thinking of where it's like plates that hang, like skirt mm. pleats. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I'm I'm mentally imagining it. You see it? <laughs> I do. I like that. Okay, that makes more sense. Cause in my head it, I like I just feel like she's in a big bell, you know? <laughs> like that's what it looks like. I'm like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you make it like pants? You know, like it is armor after all. Would pants be so out of the question? She is like, it's hard to move around. In right. <laughs> it's, be- <laughs> it's because it's the top of the hour and she needs to go ring something. She's a bell. <laughs> so let's 
see uh, here. The wise ones do the old ribbon trick and make Nynaeve think that she can't control herself, but really the wise ones are messing with her, changing her hairstyle. Yeah, yeah. And I love how she's hair. like, they can't be laughing at me. They can't have done this. Aguin is not smirking. <laughs> oh, yeah. She is. She's definitely <laughs> smirking. <laughs> not getting away from that smirk. Uh... So we do have this like exchange of information. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve is explaining what's going on on her side of things, and Egwene is like, yeah, Rand's going through some shit. He's probably losing it, <laughs> but mm-hmm. soon enough he'll have all of the clans gathered and he'll be leading the Aiel, to which the wise ones make that, like, <laughs> I see them, like, making a face, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like that where she like comes over to a queen and she like hugs her. And then when she's like talking to the wise one and she's like, you got to keep an eye on a queen. She can like just be kind of stubborn and do her own thing. And the wise ones are like staring at her with that look that says you're talking about yourself. <laughs> you are that person. I was just thinking. Okay. Did I did I leave out the fact that Nynaeve has explained that she's found something to which she believes the Black Aja can use to control Rand? Did I say that already? No. I don't think we've gotten there yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because once, like, because there's the meeting with the wise ones, and then... Like, Nynaeve asks some questions, and they're like, this is how you can accomplish this. It's really dangerous. And she's like, I know danger when I see it, you know, top of the episode. But then she, she, then she does it. Like, when the wise ones in a queen leaves, she uses need to find what she's looking for. And that's when she finds the, the bracelets and the necklace. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also a little bit of exchange about what you should and shouldn't do about bringing people into the dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or getting into someone's dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have, I think we've wrapped up our visit with the wise ones and we've moved to Nynaeve's searching to find the thing that's going to like harm Rand that the Black Aja are also looking for. And she she ends up in like the chapter the name. Need. Yeah. 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 I like how the wise ones explain that they use this technique to find a water source for a new hold. And mm-hmm. that that's their their tactic for getting it. its need. Like what do the Aiel need more than anything else in a desert environment but water? So it makes sense that that need would be so strong it would pull them to where they needed to be. And I think it's Amis that points out that Nynaeve is the one who has to do this because she is the hunter. She is the one who has the direct need to find this thing. Yeah. I don't know. It just, like, drives home the situation that they're in, like how perilous things are kind of on all sides, really. Yeah, and I... 
I appreciate this like last moment too with the wise ones where Nynaeve thinks about bringing up Aegean to mm-hmm. Egwene. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, like I can remember all too well Egwene's nightmares for weeks, waking up in the middle of the night screaming. Yeah. Like it's best if I leave it. It was yeah. not like it's not like they're gonna meet anyways. Yeah. And then yeah. she like like leaves that thought off like <laughs> with burn that woman, burn Egwene to ash, burn her. And I'm like, <laughs> oof. Someone's mad. Someone is mad. So mm-hmm. now she's, you know. Switching up her looks, and she's oh yeah, I forgot about that. Rendra, uh huh, right? yeah, and yeah. She's dressed like a local, yeah, and she makes her way into the palace. Yeah, yeah. She finds Amethera first, right? Like I'm trying to remember the order of things that happen. I think she recognizes. Yes. Tamele. Kinderhode. Kinderhode. Mm-hmm. And then Amathera next, I think. Yeah. It's, I, I just found it. So, like, the moment, like, when she closes her eyes and opens them again for the first time, she's in the bedchamber. She's wrapped up and looks really scared. And then she recognizes Tamele. She's the, the Kyrene. Kyrie and then sister, black sister. Yes. And then we also have another visitor. <laughs> Are you talking uh, about Bergita? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I forgot <laughs> all about Bergita. Brigida Bri- <laughs> cracks me up because she's like, hello, let me tell you about all these things that you don't know, but I'm not supposed to be talking to you. But every mm-hmm. single time someone is in Teleron Riode and they're like, what's going on? Just yeah. Brigida magically appears and she's yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't be here. You know, the but precepts. I'm, I'm forbidden from telling people, but here I am again. It's like, you have loose lips. Right. But good on her for being... So ready to help. We love Brigida. But she's, you know, she's the exposition dumper. She is. Like, it's through her that we find out that the woman who Nynaeve had been observing in the museum of the Panarch's palace is Mogidian, right? Yes. Yeah, she's yes. like, I will, I will never forget Mogidian's face any more than I will forget the face of Esmodian, the man you almost disturbed at Ruidian. So we get like two, two answers in like this one section. Thanks, Brigida. Mm-hmm. That is Modian, and I think I don't remember. I think it might have been High Lord Tatara who said uh, last time in the spoilers section when I was asking because I couldn't remember. But now we know that like the last time Nynaeve was there, and Brigida was like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm not supposed to." <laughs> but but that guy is bad news. And so we have Asmodian, we have Mogidian both creeping around in Teleron Riode now. Yes. Confirmed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now Nynaeve is just angrier than ever. Right? So. <laughs> like one of the Forsaken? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Did you have any thoughts on Brigida mentioning the precepts? Like it violates the precepts. 
and even Guidel Kane is like, yes, it violates the precepts. But mm-hmm. from who? Like, who decides the precepts? Mm. Is it the creator? Is it the pattern? Is it the rules of Teleronriot? Is there, you know, like, is there some? That's such a good question. Unwritten rule within being. I think I think I would go with it being an unwritten rule that seems to be generally universally agreed upon maybe because she says i think she says something about how like precepts that bind as if they were law Mm -hmm. which to me says that it's not it's just kind of something that's like it's almost like superstitious (laughs) Ooh, yeah yeah i was thinking like protective you know like oh yeah yeah i could see that like, you don't want everybody who can be in Teleronrio to know that the heroes for the horn are just hanging out there doing whatever yeah. it is that they do in the meantime. Brigitte and Gadel Kane get it on a lot, I have a feeling. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, what else is there to do? Right? Right? They're in Teleronrio for who knows how long. What else are you going to do? Only pain comes from ignoring the precepts. Okay. Okay superstitious yeah that is i think that's a really good word for it like it's just one of those things where it feels like all of them have probably at one time or another been like you know what it just doesn't really seem like a good idea to interfere with people that come into teleron rio so let's just not do it like that's how that feels but not that like anybody like came out and decreed it yeah (laughs) archer hawkwing is walking around going guys rules with a clipboard (laughs) (laughs) and a high-res jacket like a high visibility (laughs) vest (laughs) he's got a penny taps it on the top of the clipboard a lot guys guys Mm -hmm. yeah i can totally see that but i don't i don't think that that's what it is but that is a really good question so yeah. let's see here. I'm trying to make sure that I don't miss out on anything incredibly important here. Mm-hmm. Um, she does realize that this woman, Mo Gideon, is the one that yes. compulsed her and Elaine yes. previously. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, makes her even angrier and... She pretty much wakes up after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think at that point, I think, okay, so she has the moment where she realizes that she's been compulsed, and then she goes, after she talks to Brigida, she goes back to see what it was that Mogidian had been looking at inside the museum area, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. when she finds... The bracelet and She finds the bracelets and the, and the necklace, and she also finds one of the seals in another case close by and so she knows that if it's there in the dream it should still be there when she wakes up and it irl yeah yeah like it makes getting into the palace even more urgent because now they have confirmation they know where to go to find it and then elaine shakes her awake yeah and elaine is elaine can't remember the encounter with mo gideon but she does have like a moment of sickness like she feels sick to her stomach and fights nausea Mm -hmm. hearing about it so like something very deep in the psyche you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like Mm -hmm. yeah and they also ask again about this bracelets 
a necklace because it, of course, has, like, a very strong resemblance to the connecting piece, the Adam for the Domine. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've never, I've never heard of something like that to control men channeling. So they, they don't know exactly what it is. But when Nynaeve touches it, there's that pain, sorrow, whatever attached to it. So it's definitely bad news. Yes, yes, yes. She can feel the bad juju coming mm-hmm. from it. Oh, <laughs> we do have that scuffle in the hallway. Yes, that <laughs> I was going to bring that up, Iginian, <laughs> because Iginian is like dressed in her night clothes, I guess. Her and, like, shift. The- yeah, and the men are just standing about, and she's like, she's like, I'm no Shay dancer or right. something like that. But he is rather good looking. Yeah, like she is mortified at being seen in this state of undress. And I think it's Elaine who's like, out of the three of them, Aginan had like the most clothing on, the least opaque clothing on, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because they're all standing there in their shifts because they were ready for bed. And so the guys, of course, are kind of ogling them. And we have this moment of, like, Bale Doman checking out again and appreciatively, it seems like. so. And Elena's surprised. She thought she was looking at Julen. Right? Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. Bale Doman, the man half as wide as he is tall and thick as an ogier. I didn't picture Bale Doman in my head to be that large. But no. I never it's have. things. Like, for me, I don't know... I- He'll always be kind of this tall, booming, thick man. But, like, that description just doesn't, I don't know, it feels kind of comical. And so I'd rather see him in, like, a non-comical way, I guess. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, we have that. The only other thing that I had was just, like, this, and I appreciate and liked this exposition about Mogedian. Like she's a snake in coiled grass. Like she's just waiting to strike. She's not the one who's going to stay to the end of the battle. She's the one that's going to flee and wait for her next chance. And yeah. love that. Yeah. Love that yeah. little learning moment. Yeah. I think at the end of the chapter, what we get is how to get into like elaine's had an idea of how to get into the palace and so she's like i have an idea and they all get dressed and they go and meet in the chamber of falling blossoms and this is how we're going to get into the palace so we have our planning session beginning at the end of the chapter okay was there anything else or no i'm just excited about this chapter I like where it's going to take us, and I'm really, really, really excited that this gets a big wrap-up in the chapters that we get to read for this week, because I would have maybe cried <laughs> if I had to yeah. wait until next week. So, yeah. 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 But I can, uh, I can move us on to chapter 53. Let's go for it. The price awesome. of a departure. Things have not been going well at Emmons Field. More trollic attacks have pinned the little village down and supplies are running short. Dire news pushes Perrin back to the wolf dream and leaves him with a new bride. We've got a wedding! (laughs) I... Okay. Maybe I've just been really emotional this week. I've been crying a lot. 
<laughs> crying a lot. It's allowed. Thank you. I cried when I read this chapter. I, I did. I, I was just like, like tissues sniffling. So sweet. I just, I. Do you know what got me? What? What? Where I was like, pretty much. <laughs> I was pretty much like inconsolable. But Aww. it's when loyal mm. is like aw- awoken by this conversation that parents having with Fayil, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Fly, Falcon!" Yes, she <laughs> should like, fly oh my free. God, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why am I crying? That was where I started. And that mm-hmm. was like the like the tears started right there. You like that burn behind your eyes, and you're like, "Oh God, here here it comes. This is mm-hmm. gonna be a thing." It's just so cute how this to me it is anyway. I mean, I think we've, I think we know now. I'm a bit of a romantic, so I love this proposal moment that Fayul has, where she's like asking him to marry him, her, without being the one to ask him mm-hmm. and just how she like laughs on his chest and asks him to tell her or ask her all over again and I love that I love that but then yeah. the vows like Perrin being like should we back up a little oh, bit before we we should <laughs> I'm to gonna cry end. again we I'm gonna cry again if I keep talking about it so yeah let's let's back it up Okay, so first point of this chapter is Perrin is overhearing the women of the women's circle, like hushed voices, kind of whispering, and he finds out that they're rationing food for themselves. They're letting the men who are doing the fighting take full rations, and the women are on half rations. Yeah. They are running dangerously low on food, and... I mean, obviously, when there's thousands of Trollocs running about, they're just burning and pillaging and destroying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that tracks. <laughs> we have the Tinkers who are doing their best to keep spirits up, which yeah. after last week, I, I hated on the Tinkers a little bit, or that was two weeks ago. But this really, like, oh, like, what a kick in the chest. I'm just... Mm-hmm. I'm picturing what this is going to look like on the TV show, and mm-hmm. I have, I have thoughts. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Would you like to share any? I'd love to hear them. So just the scene of it all, like mm-hmm. we have this, I believe it's this chapter, this man that comes in with the yeah. white folks, and he's like yelling, they're yelling for Perrin Golden Eyes, I mm-hmm. need him. And it's kind of mysterious because right as Perrin's about ready to try and hear what this man has to say, he just kind of like uh, dies. Yeah. And we don't know what he was going to say besides like we are cu- like we are yeah. coming probably and mm-hmm. then you know his eyes glaze over that's that. Mm-hmm. So we've got like all of this stuff happening and to top it off, like, the icing on the cake is Perrin going into the wolf dream, figuring out that there are not just a thousand white cloaks. He's like, mm-hmm. it could be 5,000. It could be 10,000. It could be 50,000 for all I care. Like, this many, we don't stand a chance is mm-hmm. what he's kind of running down in his head. Mm-hmm. So he puts this plan in motion. He's going to get Fail to get out of there. He wants Fail to go to Queen Morgay's and bring back 
Help. the queen's guard. Mm-hmm. But this is all just a ruse to get Fayil out of danger. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that's plot point gets hit so many times with all of our male characters. Mm-hmm. Like trying to save the woman. Right. He also shoots an arrow and hits Slayer in the wolf dream. And then when he comes to, he finds out that Lord, Lord Luke, Luke is injured all of a sudden. So <laughs> turns out Lord huh? Luke is Slayer. Slayer is Lord Luke. Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. <laughs> that whole thing. And then uh... the marriage. And like this, this chapter itself is just excellence. Like this is a master class in writing. I think it is so good. There's the moment where Loyal comes back too. Like, yes. And the way that I love, I love how when he's seen and Perrin sees who it is, like he's laughing. He is so right. he's hysteric. He's laughing. Yeah. He's like, come, come in. We won't shoot you. <laughs> and so Loyal comes running in. He's carrying Gaul. And then Bane and Shiad are like taking care of him. And threatening to make him Guy Shan. Yes. He doesn't like sit still and just yes. accept their, their healing touches. I mean, Loyal is a hero in this moment. He carried mm-hmm. Gaul who knows how far. And he's just like, I'll be fine. Gaul needs healing. I just need sleep. And he's and to write, it off. write notes. Yeah, he has to write down what's happening. But they have managed to lock the way gate. So. Yes. That is one like bit of relief for Emmons Field that's actually, I think, important. And they have observed the number of Trollocs that are surrounding Emmons Field. And it's just not, it's not good. Like that's, I think they're the first announcement of news about how, how many Trollocs could be out there. And then Lord Luke comes in and is like, you're totally wrong. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. And that's when Perrin decides that it's wolf dream time to just see for himself, you know, yeah. what's out there. And I, I really do. This is actually one of those moments in Teleron Road that I don't hate. It's painful him coming across the wagons and the remnants of the, the Tuathan and like the thoughts of what happened there yeah but then like trying to confirm how many trollocs it's a lot like that's that's the answer he comes up with because it's not always easy to tell with trollocs but it's a lot oh and there's also the discovery that there are not anywhere near as many trolloc encampments around the villages that are close to Emmons Field like Devon Ride barely has anything and doesn't and he go, like, all the way up to, like, yeah, yeah, like, he hops around quite a bit and just is, like, Emmons Field. That's why he tells Fael which way to go. He kind of, yeah. like, like, you could go this way. Mm-hmm, but... mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I think this is a really useful thing, use, useful use of the, <laughs> of the world of dreams. Yeah. So, with all of this in mind, all of this cool stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. My feelings are this. <laughs> this is going to be very difficult to have the same emotional impact mm. in the television show because of Perrin's previous relationship. Yes. And maybe like all of this talk about getting emotional 
reading about Fael and Loyal saying, you know, fly free like a falcon. And yeah. This proposal of marriage and the actual wedding. Yeah. I can't picture this going down in season three because it's very difficult for me to accept that Perrin could meet a woman Mm -hmm. in season three and Mm -hmm. then within eight episodes marry her. Yeah. So it's going to be a change. And I think there are ways to do things with this relationship. Mm Mm-hmm that can make it work and that can Mm -hmm. make it really exciting and interesting and believable, but I don't think we're going to get the wedding. Yeah. I agree with you. Which makes me sad. I, yes, I agree with you on both those things because I do feel like this is one of those really tender moments in the wheel of time. Like, I don't know. I'm enjoying Perrin so much more this time around, like reading him much more closely than I have in the past. And like, I don't know, he's kind he's humble, you know, like he doesn't feel like he's bringing much to Fayil, even though he wants her more than anything in the world, you know, and I just I don't know. I love it. I love it. I love that his hands tremble and hers don't. Like, yeah, yeah. I, she holds I them steady. That. Yeah. And I mean, what a beautiful thing to have in your partner. You know? Like, isn't that what we all kind of want? Is someone who's like, I got you. I know shit's bad, but I got you. And I just, oh God, stop it. <laughs> you know, and it totally reminds me, like, I almost feel like I can see where Robert Jordan was inspired with this wedding being a historian of i want to say military events i guess Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. this is such a concept that whenever there's war Mm -hmm. someone's probably not coming home so Mm -hmm. you have these like quick weddings where it's Mm -hmm. like we're getting married we don't know if we're ever going to see each other again Mm -hmm. and there's that fear and there's that emotion Mm -hmm. and if we can't have the wedding here it strips that layer from Mm -hmm. it which I think I'm not saying this is going to make it bad or worse than how it is in the books but it's Mm -hmm. going to be different and it's going to be hard to keep that tense feeling of despair but love and the many faceted sides Mm. of life and existential, you know, things happening outside of our own control and how, like, bringing two people together in this moment is something that's grounding for them and it's grounding for this whole village i mean Mm -hmm. emmons field you know like in this moment these people are like okay like something good is happening Mm -hmm. and it's just a reprieve from the onslaught of Mm. multiple battles after battles after battles that they keep having like nobody's sleeping and like for this one moment things are okay yeah oh amber i love it (laughs) <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that was so that was so good. <laughs> Cuz you're right. You are exactly right. That's that's exactly what it is. And like I don't know, it's just like 
Yeah, the World Wars. It like Felix just put in that it reminds it reminds him of World War One. No, I mean World War Two and any war. I mean it's every war. It happens yeah. with every war. every war. So I mean Yep. Anytime yeah. there's fighting and dying, this is a real life thing that Occurrence. happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is nice to have those moments. We need those moments or else it would just be like too heavy. I do, in regards to the show, I agree with everything that you said. Do you think it's possible to just kind of move it to a little bit later? Like to build up their oh, connection, yeah. their trust. And I mean, it's not like we're lacking battles in the Wheel of Time. Absolutely. I think that they could definitely do it. Mm-hmm. I think if they wanted to keep the same emotional impact, they would have to move it to like the end of the series towards the last battle. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ooh, what a what a place to put it. Because you know they have their they like reconcile, they have that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, amidst the the many fights that you know people have, but they do have a moment where it's yeah. a very romantic time for the two of them, where they kind of come to common grounds. They could do it then. I mean, they could take it outside of the realm of it being a thing done in his village to yeah. a thing where it's like these two people alone, kind of like eloping, like they have their own private ceremony maybe yeah yeah i don't know yeah i can see that and i'm like i'm thinking ahead to like places where it would fit really well and like where you would also be able to have like almost created family community through through trauma (laughs) yeah yeah but there to like be a part of a ceremony that would still give it like that touching community uplift of love bringing two people together yeah i think that could still happen yeah i mean there's many ways they can do it but Mm -hmm. i just this point now here how it is in the books yeah it'd be really tricky to too soon pull that together yeah and i really i really 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 love the idea of showing a couple that comes together through trust and respect and I mean, obviously attraction and and all of those other things, but like a really grounding feel that doesn't immediately rush into marriage. Like, that takes its time to kind of explore each other and whether or not this is the right thing for them. And then give us that wedding later when it makes sense. But pushing it now would be, it would just be too soon. Yeah, I mean, they could even... Hmm. I can't say it without spoilers, so I'm going to zip my lips. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I, just, I just looked at our time, and I was wondering if we should jump into Chapter 54. Yes, let's okay, do. Okay, cool. I'm down for that. Chapter 54, Into the Palace. Plan in place, Nynaeve, Elaine, and Ganon arrive in the Panarch's palace. The goal? Rescue the Panarch and grab the things that could hurt Rand. No big surprise that things don't go exactly as they had hoped. Yeah, the old ice pepper plan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I love 
love this. Mm -hmm. I love this entire chapter so much. There's absolutely, I don't know, like something that excites me about, you know, they're they're going into battle here, but they're Mm going to try and like sneak about. They're going to try and do this rationally, Mm -hmm. which, Mm -hmm. you know, Nynaeve is all heart. Mm -hmm. So like this is going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah. And they are dealt multiple obstacles along the way, but Mm -hmm. they've got a plan. And for the most part, it feels solid, Mm -hmm. but they're tested a couple of times. Elaine runs into one of the Black Aja sisters in the kitchen, and she kind of just thinks like, oh man, like if she even looks up, she's going to realize that I'm a channeler through the recognition of female channel channelers yeah. she'll be able to themselves. feel her yeah mm-hmm. yeah when they first mentioned that there was a another Aes Sedai like in the room I was like how can she not sense them she must really like that cat <laughs> right she's real yeah. concerned about that cat because I mean I don't know but to me when I think about Nynaeve and Elaine and their strength for some odd reason it makes me think that maybe they're even more noticeable to other channelers, but that could be like a misconception. I have no idea if strength has anything to do with that. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't. But that's okay. For one, like we see Yakim Karadin when they arrive. Oh my God. Yeah. Bors. Bors is back in town. Yeah. And Elaine is. This guy. Is it a Ganon that's like that man? Or Nynaeve? It's Nynaeve is like that guy is troubled. Because a Ganon and Elaine both like kind of like duck their heads. But Nynaeve, of course, like stares at him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As Felix said, Nynaeve the most bad bitch in this chapter. I gotta agree. I gotta agree. Holy shit. She really is. I mean... Okay, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. Yeah, I'm all with my heart is like in my throat. I'm so excited. Okay. So, yeah, we have this near miss in the kitchen, and then they split up. Again, and yes. goes with Elaine to find the panarch, and then Nynaeve is going to go grab the stuff from the, the museum. Right. She's yeah. looking for the collar and bracelets. And they're going to grab the seal if they can. If they can. Yeah. I really, really like how when Elaine and Aginan arrive at the door for the pan art. (laughs) So do I. So good. It's it's really well thought out, too. Like, of course Elaine can channel. There's already a woman in there channeling. They're expecting it. Like, woohoo! It makes me so happy. Like, we get this moment where Elaine, like, bangs the doors open and Aginan's down and then like huzzah good times yeah it's just like she pretty much like kicks the door open and she's like and duck and shoot and we're going (laughs) and we're doing this and then Amathera is like she's she's been being tortured by the Black Aja they're like forcing her to eat ice peppers and sing songs and just make a fool out of herself Mm -hmm. and Elaine makes quick work of Tamela? Tamele? I think. I know who you're talking <laughs> we'll about. Go with, we'll go with that. The Black yeah. Aja woman. Yeah. yeah. She's there. And 
Amathera is almost scandalized <laughs> because she's like, are you with them? What mm-hmm. are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I can just picture Elaine like in this Superman pose, like, I'm taking you out of here. And <laughs> Amathera starts wailing onto Mela. And she kind of, like, breaks it up. Yeah. And then Amathera's like, like, how dare you? Like, you know, pretty much like, don't you know who I am? And I think it's so cute because (laughs) Elena's literally, like, the next in line to the throne of the most powerful nation in the Wheel of Time. But she does not hold that over her. She's like... I'm an Aes Sedai. I'm here to free you. If you don't like my plan, I'm going to tie you up in weaves of air. We're going to do it my way. And sorry about your bad luck, but this is how (laughs) it's happening. I love when she does the little flows of air on Amethera's braids and then makes her like tiptoe (laughs) over to her so they can be face to face. And she's like, you are not going after your guards. You are staying with me. And that Mm -hmm. is that young lady mm-hmm. even though i'm sure this woman is like probably twice elaine's age my guess like but yeah i think she mentions that she feels like amethera has a problem seeing past her servant's disguise but you're right mm-hmm. she does not point out i'm the daughter heir of andor yep i mean maybe maybe it was just easier to be like i'm a nice that because she's channeling but she could have thrown it in there had she really right. wanted to. Yeah. And, by the way. By the way. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think this is a really, uh, I think it's a really fun moment. I think it's very well thought out human. Yeah. And Aginan is, is actually uh, really handy. So that's nice. She knows how to kick open a door. She sure does. For her. Helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Skills. It is funny the little snippets of songs that get dropped in here that poor Amethera is being forced to sing. I hate this. I really, I don't know. Like, the thing that gets me is that it's not, like, outright, like, body torture. Like, she's not being, like, whipped or cut, but it's just humiliation. Mm -hmm. And then, like, forcing her to eat these hot peppers. Yeah. For some reason, this almost feels worse Mm -hmm. than being, like, physically accosted. It's, it's psychological yeah 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 like there's there's a mental warfare aspect to this like there is certainly a physical one but as far as like physical forms of torture the ice peppers are rough it could be worse i guess but i mean torture is torture and not cool (laughs) under any (laughs) quote quote of the day (laughs) we can name the episode that and i'm all right with it (laughs) Should we move to Nynaeve's portion? Oh my gosh, we absolutely should. Okay. What? So she's just storming down, like, hallways, mm-hmm. pretty much, Carrying raging. Carrying a dusting, fe- like a feather duster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she embraces the source. Oh. I believe it's just as another woman, like another servant, enters. And then she kind of waits for the other person to leave. And and they don't. She, she passes by a the smiling woman and recognizes the face. And boom, hammer boom. of air, Hulk smash to <laughs> Mogidian's face. Love to see it. Oh, it's so good. 
it's so good. And I really, I love that part of this battle is the observation that if anyone were to walk into that room and see the two of them, all they would see are these two women, like, basically having a stare down. And there's this torrent of frantic battle and need going on that Jordan also encompasses into this and somehow it gets like silenced in that moment and I just feel like it's so good how do you feel like with a tv show what do you feel like the the posture like the the body language should look like for this because we we'll be able to see the weaves Uh uh-huh but do you want to see like hand motions or do you want to see like like fists like just tight fists by Uh sides and like naive you know like staring or do you want like a little more action i to me the stillness of their bodies is part of what makes what's going on behind it so dramatic to me and so like i always kind of picture naive trying to keep her hand out of her hair and just like shoulders squared a little bit like leaned in towards mogidian stare down kind of mode but strong like really mm-hmm. strong but like she's not moving she's not moving she stands against whatever it is that mogidian is like throwing at her and for Mo Gideon, I almost picture her adopting a much more casual stance. She's Mo Gideon. Okay. She's a fucking forsaken. And it's not really until we get to that point where Nynaeve realizes that Mo Gideon is sweating. Mm-hmm. And she starts to flip it and realizes that Mo Gideon's not waiting to like throw everything she has at Nynaeve. She already is. Fucking hell, Nynaeve! Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, Please. but... May I mm-hmm. <laughs> say how I think they should do it for the show? Yes. Or how, how I think they are going to do it? I would love to hear that, yeah. Episode 8, when they have the battle at Fuldara, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, windy mm. flapping, like, arm flapping, yes. kind of. like Not flapping like a bird, but, like, raised, like calling forth lightning from the heavens yes yeah but i'm curious if they're gonna go with the same emotions and movement Mm -hmm. as they have been showing us in the show because Mm -hmm. even when it's something as simple as like alana blocking the arrows from Mm -hmm. the sky like we're seeing hand motion movement Mm -hmm, and i mm -hmm. feel like if they were to change it up now like new viewers that haven't read the books would be like i don't get it Mm -hmm. what's going on they're just standing there Mm -hmm. so i don't know what they're they would do i i would prefer tracy like to see something like you propose Mm -hmm. like you know like beads of sweat Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like fists tight and just like the stance of like you know like you couldn't budge this person yeah yeah bulldozer yeah i I mean i feel like i feel like Nynaeve has that persona anyway and i think i think one of the things that might actually be really beneficial about not using those hand movements that's already built into the show is the fact that 
Like when Eamon Valda takes that one yellow sister, he cuts her hands off, thinking that like they have to have their hands to be able to channel. And Egwene has done channeling without using her hands already. Like when she's sitting in the chair and she can't really move her hands around. Like she, I think she maybe cups her hand a little bit. But there's no real hand movement. It's all her, you know? And so I feel like if we can make it so that some of our channelers, especially like once we reach the IELYs ones who are like, we don't understand all your flapping around hand movements. Like we almost get a thing that defends them in a new way against a white cloak capture, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we're thinking about it too much. I was just going to say that. Well, yeah, I mean like... Maybe if they want to, like, really different, differentiate the Aes Sedai from the wise ones, maybe mm-hmm. they have to make the Aes Sedai use their hands regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just going to depend on how they, they decide. I mean, obviously, it's just going to depend on how they decide to show it. But I know how, I mean, that's how I would like to see it. Like, I don't picture Mo Gideon being the kind of channeler who's going to flap her arms all over the place before she channels i mean it looks cool when moraine is taking down the wine spring in that looks cool but in this moment would that like would it add to it or would it detract from what's happening i'm picturing mogedian like very relaxed like kind of like just a little like flick of the wrist here or there you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. barely moving but you know like you could see like her fingers maybe curling or something but not like yeah not the YMCA (laughs) (laughs) well I was also just thinking about a Shamael and the way that he channels towards the end of the season as well Mm-hmm. he's not moving around like other than like little motions with his hands so I can see that mm-hmm. I think that would be really effective cool, cool. I love cool. this Amazon Prime keep listening <laughs> it gets better wait there's more they just come to our show and they're like okay they've written everything for us guys let's just go <laughs> <laughs> sadly like they only have eight episodes and we've right. got <laughs> How many hours, probably? Like 800, 400? Yeah, I, Hyler Tataris says eight episodes for The Shadow Rising is not enough. More like 16. Yes. Yeah. Y'all, y'all. Yeah, so I love that. We've got okay. this showdown. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve makes a bold move and throws <laughs> the collar at Mogidian's face. So funny. Love What love a good idea. That. Yeah. I just think that it's really clever of her to like kind of slump down a little and give Mo Gideon this like moment to think that she's winning so that when she makes that move and throws an object at her face, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my face. You know? Yes. And so like, yes. it's just enough. It is just enough. To like give Nynaeve exactly what she needs, and all of a sudden, bam, she is, she is bagged forsaken. Fuck yeah! Ah, she did it. She so did good, it. so good. I so think... now she's got Mogidian wrapped up, right? And she's making an escape. Yeah, because she has to. 
there's another like black Aja sister who comes into the room and she's got that crazy dangerous fluted terangriel that shoots out bale fire in chaotic random ways so she has no choice she has to run she has to leave or she's gonna die but she leaves mogidian there <laughs> I would have done the same. yeah like she can't take mogidian with her she's certainly not gonna let her go leave her to the mercy of random bale fire okay Seems fair. One of my favorite quotes from this chapter is Mogidian trying to psych Nynaeve out. Mm-hmm. And mm. she's talking about, you know, how much greater in power she is. And she's trying to distract Nynaeve. And she's saying, like, we were even able to travel to the stars in the Age of Legends. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just love that. And I also, like, this whole setting is just so so cool the inside of the panarchs palace is amazing like we have dinosaur bones Mm -hmm. i mean elaine i believe describes a dinosaur like skeleton Mm -hmm. yeah and there's just all of these trinkets and cool stuff and again again like this is where i think the wheel of time excels in the world building because it could have very easily just been like medieval style fantasy yeah it's like no no we've got it feels every time i think about it the world yeah i i feel like i'm in the field museum like the architecture that's described in the setting for this like has that feel of like arches and columns and it's white and marble and like i mean there's not anymore because sue has her own exhibit but like you used to walk in and there'd be like a giant t-rex statue greeting or not statue bones greeting you and like i always kind of picture that but just like slightly changed for like this scene just like i don't know it resonates with me i love it yeah so let's see here Hmm. which part would you like to move on to next okay so we have Nynaeve she has to leave this section and when she gets away from that, like, the balefire stops. And when she looks back, the, what is her name? Jean something or another? The Black Aja sister that had the Trongreal is gone? Like, <laughs> Elaine's not quite sure if it, like, backfired and balefired Bale fired her as well. But she is not present and Nynaeve doesn't take a lot of time to figure it out. But Gideon is gone, too. So her only option here is just to, like, grab the seal, grab the, the bracelets and the necklace and get out of there and find Elaine at, like, their, their meeting point and then get out of the palace. <sighs> Such a good chapter. Mm. Really, really good. This one ends up, it looks like, yeah, she's mad. Like, Nynaeve is mad at herself for channeling so much that any woman who can channel would totally notice what was going on. And that's, like, what brought the attack on her. And then she's like, how do I know it's impossible? Like, once everything has gone down. And then she runs off to find Elaine. And that's that. Do-to-do. Do-to-do. So she succeeds. But success loses, loses her captive, like. Well, she's got the most important item, right? She does, like, yeah. Yeah. But man, I would be, if I were naive, I would be 
Oh my god, I think I would potentially just fall down for a minute. This is our first character who's not Moraine or Rand who mm. has just bested a Forsaken. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And angered a Forsaken. Like, Nynaeve definitely now has a mortal enemy. And I would be pretty, I would be pretty scared about that. Especially since she knows she's going to go back into Teleron Riode, and Brigida has explained that Mogidian is maybe the best Forsaken when it comes to manipulating Teleron Riode. Like, I would be scared. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would have to just, like, process my fear for a minute before I would be able to move on. But Nynaeve is a better woman than I am, and she's like, gotta go. It's got things to do. Yeah, yeah. Once again, Nynaeve for the win. Yeah, and frankly, I just love Mogidian as a villain. I think mm. she's, I think Lanfear is a little bit overhyped. Mm-hmm. And I like Mogidian because she's not the most mm-hmm. badass or the strongest. Mm-hmm. Like, she's about the same power-wise as Nynaeve as we've just seen. But mm-hmm. she's just cool. I don't know. She's a fun character. Mm-hmm. and. I love that we are getting all of these great moments with great characters. Elaine is delightful as oh always. Oh my gosh, yeah. Nynaeve has just done the unthinkable. Like, it's mm-hmm. unimaginable to pull this right. off, to go toe-to-toe with a Forsaken. Right. I is just... she even at the fullest her strength will be at this point? Or does she still have, like, growing space? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would say, like, when she's in pure rage mode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, maybe that's, like, when her battery is, like, totally full. I don't know. <laughs> Tatara says she has growing space. Oh, with learning weaves and stuff? Yeah, Definitely I Definitely can... with learning weaves, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, because I know, like, Egwene kind of gets her capability pushed, like, women who can channel are supposed to be given space to kind of gradually grow into their strength and i'm just not sure if Nynaeve has like reached like that full length of or full height of her potential at this point like does she have room to be even more powerful than mogidian right yeah also i'm thinking so do we want to do spoilers now yes if you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes, and thanks for listening and joining us on the road to Tarvalin. Do you have anything in particular? The one thing that I was thinking about was this dying man in chapter 53, um, who the White Cloaks brought in. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and when I was reading this, I was like, who is this guy? Is he important at all? Like, this feels like it's leading up to nothing. But it's actually a man from Devon Ride who is like, tell Perrin we're coming. We're coming. Like, we're coming to save you. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming to help fight. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot. I totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I was really excited when I got to that part because I was like, ah, oh, 
I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. There's just um these next four chapters are going to be really fun. I didn't necessarily understand why the white folks brought him, but okay. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. Further the plot along would be, yeah. <laughs> would be my guess. I think I think really the only thing that like I guess kind of tickled me while I was reading was when Nynaeve decides not to tell Egwene about Aginan. And I think like she says something like, They're never going to meet anyway. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> uh yep. They will. They will. Aginan's gonna be Egwene's warder during the last battle. And mm-hmm. I like just that leap from here to there i i like i said i just am going to pay so much more attention to her as a person and think more about like this change that she undergoes from being a person who like doesn't just believe in enslavement of people practiced it herself and then makes this like dramatic change like i just i want to pay more attention to that yeah i also one of the things about these chapters, too, is the relationship between Gaul and Bane and Chiad. Like, this goes mm-hmm. on forever. Yes. But I like how in this chapter, they're whispering about, like, if you keep fighting with us, mm-hmm. we're going to tell people that we mm-hmm. touched you without. Yeah, we're going to take you. We're going to take you guys, Shen. Yeah, but I can't remember what the actual phrase was about with weapons. Mm -hmm. Like, we took you without weapons or something like that because he's injured and, like, there's great shame Mm -hmm. in whatever they're threatening him with. And Fael thinks it's hysterical, but Perrin is just like, I don't get it. it. But this is, like, something that threads in, like, so far till the end of the books because Fael is, like, learning maiden hand talk, like, She's got her own posse, like, everywhere that she goes, almost. And it kind of begins here with Bane and Chiad. I actually, I found it. It's Chiad and says, I will say I have touched you armed and allow you to choose how your honor stands. Fayel gave a delighted laugh. Parent didn't get it. (sighs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And I really, like, I think that, I mean, maybe maybe it's Taviran. In this, where we have like Gaul and Bane and Chiad kind of pulled together, because I mean, their blood, there's blood feud between Gaul and one of them, right? Bane and Chiad, I believe, had a blood feud between their two. Okay, maybe I'm not remembering it the right way. It could be. <laughs> High Lord Tatara says Elaine is more Taviran than Perrin in the books. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, the ending of this book in itself is pretty severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a couple different places, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it's been kind of like hypothesized that you know the gals are kind of like mini Taviran anyway. So I mean, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe there's just a touch of Taviran to them. Who knows? Well, it's also, like, I, I don't see them as Taviran at all. Like, I'm of the, 
I like to think of their yes. achievements being due to themselves and yep. not because the pattern was like, oh, you need a little help mm-hmm. because I don't know. I love it's, that. It's just a weird flex. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the reasons why I'm like hoping that they're not to be in the show because yeah. they deserve their own moments mm-hmm. of agency and great feats so yeah i agree with you like i i love that point of view and i would love to see that remain as part of the series like i can see the desire to kind of want to like spread the tavir yeah that's the thing like if you if you want to make it equal you're actually like stripping them of (laughs) something that makes them more badass right oh that's such a good point that's such a good point yeah do we need to send an email? Dear. No. <laughs> Dear Rafe Judkins, just a suggestion. <laughs> oh, Rafe. Mm. I saw something. I was looking at, like, news stuff, and I got tricked by a headline that was like, Wheel of Time Season 2 premiere date announced. And I was like, cool. And I went to it, and they just went back to, like, that interview that Rafe did, like, months ago at this point that was like it'll be out sometime in 2023 (laughs) Mm. i was like fuck you fuck you how dare you make that the headline when it's just some nebulous idea of when it's going to be so mad this is how desperate i am for news that's (laughs) how mad we all are i know so sad i'm just thinking about Places in the future where they could put the Fayil Perrin marriage that would make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Obviously, like, one choice is after the rescue. Battle of Malden. That could be. Is that what you were thinking of? Because that's what I was thinking of. That could be, but I also don't know if that would actually work very well because she's going through all of this business with Roland. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they cut Roland, then maybe that could work out nicely. Mm-hmm. I kind of forget about him. Yeah. And then obviously, like, that moment when isn't that right around the time that he forges his hammer mm-hmm. when they kind of like mm-hmm. clear things up and come to a mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Roland butt slaps. What? <laughs> I don't know what that means to Tara, but I'm glad that I read it. <laughs> uh, does he have does he have a dump truck booty? <laughs> Appreciation. I think doesn't he like smack Bayo on the bum? I don't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought he meant like like he does it to himself. Like, hey, check no, me out. No, like, <laughs> no, like, no, no. I thought he meant like you know, like, oh, that song slaps. You know, mm. I thought he was saying like, oh, that that ass slaps. Gotcha, gotcha. Like he's he's got a badonk donk. Yeah. Okay. So, any other places where you can think that like the marriage part might be able to take place? Like, I actually really like your idea of it being close to the last battle. Right? I mean, if we're going to do the whole, like, pre-battle, like, 
thing that would make sense, I think. Like, and I mean, that's a very, like, well-rounded character arc because, like, Carol killed his wife in episode one and then gets married in the last season like that that could work yeah like um, it would be realistic and mm-hmm. showing that like some people just don't get over the loss of mm-hmm. their spouse mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's in a year or two it is realistic it's very realistic like and i mean that i mean alternatively it is also incredibly realistic that men get remarried fairly quickly after the loss of a spouse especially if they're older but i mean parents so young and he's like a very emotional person so i can't see him being one of those people who just like bounces back real quickly from something like that plus he murdered her brutally <laughs> killed her i shouldn't say murder that feels like it has intent like he meant to do it he killed her yeah. yeah i don't know though was there anything else that you had this week anything mm. from chat Oh, one of the things, when Perrin's in the wolf dream and he has, like, these visions of other people, like, he's got Egwene and Rand and maybe Matt, and I feel like the one for Egwene happens, but the other two just get dropped. So I'm like, how prophetic are his dreams, or is Robert Jordan still figuring shit out at this point, and that's just not going to happen any longer? I would have to reread that whole section. And go line by line to like suss it all out, mm-hmm. but I'm not looking at it right now. <laughs> oh no, no, that's totally I don't fine. Have it in front of me, it's just one of those things where it like pops up that I'm kind of like I get kind of excited about those prophecies because I'm like, ooh, like a little glimpse into what's gonna happen. And when those things don't happen, I'm kind of like, oh, but it sounded like it was gonna be kind of cool, you know. I think that's really the mm-hmm. only reason why I notice it. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I am uh, I am quite happy with our chat today. It was super fun. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, Yay. thanks everyone for joining us today. Yes, it's so delightful. It really, really is. I love every opportunity we get to do this. So thank you everyone for being here. Yeah, and maybe we should talk amongst chan- champagne chatters about what our next... 101 is going to be mm-hmm. yeah i'm actually going to start putting together a list because i know we've had a couple suggestions and there are there have actually been things that have like popped up in chat that i've made little notes of that i thought might be kind of fun to do like i think i don't remember but someone in chat had said something about like their top three favorite sean chan and i was like oh my god we could make like a really weird episode out of like sean chan hate sean chan okay (laughs) like that would be like almost a tough one to do also pretty much we're only getting recommendations from high lord satara (laughs) see there you go (laughs) that's what you're saying sean chan i'm paying attention yeah i i love that everyone else better catch up yeah guys come on satara throw throw some ideas out there for us because i love the idea like taking a bit of a break and just doing like some some chats around Wheel of Time stuff before we dive into book five. All right, well, let's end it there. That shall sounds we? wonderful, yes. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.